Welcome to the Pre-PT Grind Podcast. Before we begin this episode, we would like to thank you for taking the time to invest in yourself as a Pre-PT on your journey to becoming a future doctor of physical therapy. This episode has been sponsored by our Acceptance Navigator Series, which is a free four-part pre-PT video series where we teach you exactly how to take full control of your PT school acceptance journey, as well as how to find clarity and direction as a pre-PT so that you can dominate your application regardless of your GPA, GRE score, or fear of PT school rejection. Learn how to get into the driver's seat of your acceptance journey and not leave your acceptance to chance by shooting in the dark and hoping for the best as an applicant. This is the most value that we have given away and it's free. Take control of your pre-PT journey today by going to www.acceptancenavigator.com. That's www.acceptancenavigator.com. This episode has also been sponsored by our friends at ptschoolprobe.com. Listen to this. One of the biggest fatal application mistakes that thousands of PT school applicants make each year when applying to PT school is not applying to schools that are a perfect match for them. Partnering with our friends at PT School Probe has made that a problem of the past. As PT School Probe makes it extremely easy to plug in and enter what you're looking for in your ideal schools, and you will be immediately matched up with your perfect match DPT programs in the United States. To get matched and locked into your perfect DPT school programs, go to www.ptschoolprobe.com, www.ptschoolprobe.com, and use the code PREPTGRIND in lowercase letters to get a discount and let them know that we sent you there. That's PREPTGRIND for your code. This will save you hundreds of dollars in your application by helping you avoid throwing away money at the wrong schools and saving tens of thousands of dollars lost every year that you miss out on becoming a DPT. So go to www.ptschoolprobe, that's ptschool, P-R-O-B-E, probe.com and use the code PREPTGRIND in lowercase letters to get a discount and let them know that we sent you. And that's because we got you covered and we are excited to share this next episode with you. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the podcast episode. We look forward to serving you. Have a blast. What's going on, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Pre-PT Grind podcast. This is where we help you decide, prepare, and transform into becoming the best physical therapist you can possibly be. Here we have Messiah University's DPT program, and we are going to talk about the ins and outs of their program. And of course, how to get into PT school. So we're going to introduce them and we're going to get right into the podcast episode. So how's it going, guys? How are you both doing uh, this evening? Good. Doing well, thanks. My name is um, Daniel Codrington. I'm a third-year physical therapy student at Maasai University, originally from uh, Hartford, Connecticut. And I'm Halima Kru. Uh, I'm the enrollment counselor for our graduate program in physical therapy and I'm originally from Chicago, but I've been in Central PA for 10 years now. So um, we're very, very excited about our program and we're excited to talk to aspiring PTs. Beautiful. I should have um, wore my Connecticut, my Yukon. 
Yes, uh, sir. <laughs> that's where my mom's from. Uh, she was born and raised there. So that's crazy. And I'm in Chicago. So we were talking that, about that uh, before we started recording. So you're in good company, audience. You are in very good company. <laughs> so um, to start out, Halima, let's start with you. How did you get into the world of PT? What's your story behind that? Sure. So there's two pieces to it. The first one was actually, I was an undergraduate student, maybe it was right before I was turning 21. And I was going home to visit my family in Chicago, the weather wasn't too great. And the long and short of it was that, as I was driving up, someone cut me off in the slick rainy weather, I hit the brakes and my car spun across four lanes, you know, it was it was something. And so, you know, I noticed that I was starting to have some problems afterwards, even though, you know, I appeared to kind of walk away without a scratch, but getting into a car accident like that, when, you know, everybody's going about 70 and, you know, you're spinning like that and hitting other cars as you're spinning, you know, it was certainly an experience. And that was my first introduction in terms of being a patient of PT and chiropractic medicine. Um, I never knew at that time, of course, that I would be, you know, on this side of things, working with aspiring PTs. So fast forward, I've been in higher education for a decade now, and I've, you know, served in different areas. And, you know, most recently at Messiah University in graduate enrollment. And, you know, we have a, some really great allied health programs, nursing, master's of occupational therapy, a master's in athletic training, and our doctor physical therapy program. So that's, working on the enrollment side in these graduate, you know, allied health programs kind of brought me, I guess, full circle to the other side. Gotcha. And just a follow-up question to that for clarification, are you over all the graduate programs or specifically just PT? How does that work as well? So we do have a team and, you know, my, you know, areas that I work with are both the master's of science and athletic training, as well as our doctor physical therapy program. Perfect. That curates my next question. So that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Dr. Daniel, take us away. Tell us about your story of how you chose PT. Yeah, so I think um, my story is similar to others in a way, but also on its own unique. I played a lot of sports growing up, high school, college and stuff. And I ended up tearing my ACL two times in the same knee and then meniscus three times and this all in the same knee. So um, everybody listening will probably understand, like, I had to get a lot of physical therapy done myself. Uh, the first time was in high school, and I was a junior in high school. You know, I was around this time kind of thinking about college, if I wanted to go, like, career path. And there was a physical therapist um, that I met, you know, that was doing my rehab for my knee. Um, and he was a physical uh, PT of color. And for me, being an African-American, I think, like we kind of connected um, in that sense, uh, in that part uh, of our identity, I guess. And, you know, seeing him and seeing him succeed and he had aspirations and um, he went, was working with sports teams and working, I just felt like we had a really good relationship and he kind of pushed me to like, hey, you think about, you know, going to college and this and that, like you thought about PT and that's kind of where it started. I kind of just took it from there. Uh, like I said, you know, I, Sadly, have several other injuries, especially when I went into college sports. There, I met more PTs, and that's when I was like, okay, I think this is kind of the route I wanted to take. And so I just kind of took it from there. Beautiful, beautiful story. I tell um, a lot of people that follow us, a lot of our audience, 
um, to not shy away from a story like that, especially if that is their true story. A lot of people think that, oh, I just, I'm another person with an injury, just like everybody else. Oh man, I shouldn't talk about that. I'm like, I, no, it's your story. Be truthful. Yeah, Own it. Who cares who else has it? So that's a absolutely, absolutely beautiful story. I, I'm glad you found PT. I'm glad you're joining um, the profession. So uh, for the next uh, segment or next questions, um, let's start with you, Halima. How how does uh, the PT program work? How when was it founded? Tell us all about it. Give us give us a scoop. Give us a scoop on um, Messiah. We're very very fortunate. We're located, I'd say, 15 minutes outside of the capital of Pennsylvania, which is Harrisburg, and so there's a lot of you know business and government entities. Healthcare is huge here. So, you know, we have three major health health insurance companies, you know, located in this area. We have three major hospital networks here. And I mean, they these hospital networks continue to grow. You know, Penn State Health is one of them and everywhere now. I mean, be, between building up new hospitals and, you know, merging with existing clinics, you know, that system is growing, you know. UPMC, which is University of Pittsburgh, um, you know, they've come onto the scene, uh, you know, a few years ago also with Pinnacle. And so they're growing. There's another network called Wellspan. And then we have a lot of independent, you know, PT practices, PT clinics, and other alternative, you know, medicine, as well as, you know, independent private practice, you know, medicine in the area. So the combination of business industry, government and having these hospital systems, you know, the community as well as Messiah was looking around kind of in the early 2010s decade, asking themselves, why don't we have a PT program here in our area? Why is the nearest PT school, you know, within a 50 mile radius? We should have one here. And that's really what started the conversation. We're, we're so fortunate. All of our equipment is new. It's, you know, endowed by, you know, a local healthcare community member. Uh, it's very exciting. I mean, we're in a 37,000 square feet educational center that has been newly renovated. You know, we, we had our third cohort start in August. So we are a new program, you know, and of course, you know, like anything, you know, there's birthing and growing pains with these things, um, getting something but, but getting something new and exciting off the ground, I mean, it is that. It is exciting. It's challenging. All good things. And some of the other pluses that we see to that is that, you know, our program director, our faculty team members, I mean, they're really able to take ownership of it. You know, they have their handprints on the design. They're able to make it their own, you know, and really bring in a lot of modern methods and teachings into it as well. Um, so tell us a little bit more about what's going on at Messiah DPT program and more about this cycle or the cycle coming up uh, with your class and how that process is. So as I had said previously, we have three cohorts happening uh, currently. Dan is a third year student about to graduate in um, May 2022. To that end, I also want to say that Messiah has worked very hard to remain open through the pandemic. You know, we had to make some adjustments. There were some things that, you know, we had to do as far as in the fall, online lectures, socially distanced 
labs, but they were still in person. And all that's to say is that our faculty community, as well as our student community, have worked really hard to, you know, stay on track, to keep things together, to keep things moving, and to, you know, create and engage that quality education experience that, you know, we believe our students deserve to have. And so with that, I'd like to say that, you know, right now, all of our cohorts are, you know, slated to graduate on time. You know, this hasn't set anyone back, you know, despite the challenges. As far as what's happening, you know, now and next, um, we are certainly looking ahead already at our fall of 2022 um, class. And we are, you know, looking at, you know, basically being able to offer 36 seats to, you know, prospective students. So we're really hoping that, you know, some of you who are interested interested will apply. We are rolling admissions, you know, not, so we are rolling admissions. And what that means, of course, is, you know, the first students who apply kind of get their first, you know, opportunities and first pick. We are offering interviews already October, November, December. And so as long as your PPCAS application is verified and you meet the minimum admissions requirements, then our admissions committee will invite you to interview you know, we'll also, you know, do interviews in the spring too. But again, we have, you know, three interview dates already this fall. And, you know, we encourage our students to apply as soon as they can, if you're interested. And, you know, I hope that I'll have an opportunity to work with you. Beautiful. All right. Take it away, Dr. Daniel. From the student perspective, uh, how, what is it like? Uh, what attracted you to that school? Uh, tell us about it. Yeah. So um, I think, my situation, I coming from, you know, born in Hartford area, I went to undergrad down in Florida. So then when I applied to PT school, I wanted to go somewhere back up north, like kind of near family type situation. It was a Christian school. So part of that too, like being a Christian and into church and stuff like that, that kind of led me to Messiah as well. I had a professor um, in undergrad who, um, he's a, he was a, uh, a doctor and our A&P teacher, and he was also religious, and we had a good relationship. He knew about the school, so he connected me with the school. It was a newer program, so I was, a little, I was actually a little hesitant at first. However, for the interview, I decided to take a chance to go up just to see. I was kind of already set on another school that I got accepted to, but then Messiah kind of just like stole it away from me. Their facilities were, I mean, they're gorgeous. I, I promise you that. And I just felt like the professors there, they took the time really to like to talk to me after. It wasn't just like, oh, we're here to check you out and leave. They took the time. They, you know, got to know me, got to know other students um, who were applying. Really seemed like they were, had a real desire to see uh, their students succeed. And that's kind of definitely what I wanted in a, in a PT program. So I decided to, uh, aside to commit. And um, I definitely have not regretted it so far. Perfect. Follow-up question to that. For students who are uh, weary or hesitant of a newer program, what would you say to them? Is it something along the same lines? Uh, since you were in that situation, uh, what would you say to that? Yeah. So I would definitely say like, you know, be, be critical of a, of a new program before you just jump into it. Make sure you ask questions, see what their plan is, you know, five-year plan. Our professors plan on staying, things like that. And I think, too, from what we have learned over the past um, couple of years, my class, 
is a lot of the new programs, once they reach certain steps, most, if not all of them, make it through and continue to um, progress and succeed. So especially if they're at that point of they're accepting students. So I would think that you, you most likely um, you'll be in good hands. Again, ask questions. Um, make sure they're backing up what they say. Don't be, don't be hesitant to be critical and, you know, explore your options. I love it. I love it. Halima, on that note, is accreditation a question for you? Is it something that uh, they should email the admissions for you? Absolutely. And, you know, I know that accreditation is, you know, it's, it's, it matters. It matters a great deal. You know, when a student is investing you know, their time, their resources, they're spending two to four years, depending on what kind of PT program they're going into, you know, and the PT profession, of course, um, we all know once a student, you know, enters and goes down that path, the PT world becomes smaller and smaller, and, you know, it's well-connected. So, you know, we deeply understand the value of accreditation. That being said, not just in the PT profession, but even with you know, healthcare in general and allied healthcare programs, no new program starts out fully accredited. The accrediting bodies don't work that way. However, there are checkpoints and there, there's criteria that must be met and there's communication that must be adhered to. And so we currently hold what's called the candidate for accreditation status. Even for us to hold that status, we had to meet certain requirements. If we didn't, we would not have been able to enroll our first class, which is Dan's class. They would not have been able to start with us. So we had a lot of work and criteria to meet to reach that point. And, you know, again, through that, now Dan, along with his cohort, they're in their third year with an anticipated graduation in May of 2022. And, you know, we are in this, you know, really exciting place in that we've submitted our self-study report in August. Our site visit by CAPTI is going to be held October 31st through November 2nd. And the CAPTI official decision will be announced in spring of 2022, which is to be timed. Yes, exactly. Which is to be timed, <laughs> you know, along with the graduation of our first cohort. And that is very common for healthcare program accreditations. You know, I used to work on enrollment for our graduate program in nursing, which offers a doctorate for nurse practitioner. And, you know, in 2019, it was the same thing. The first DNP class was graduating in May of 2019 and the accreditation, you know, and site visit and everything was happening that same spring. So it's it's not uncommon. The other thing that I would also like to say is that not to be presumptuous, but based on, you know, my research at this point when DPT programs, you know, are this far into the process, CAPD has not historically denied full accreditation before. We are certainly doing everything that we can possibly do to ensure that we move forward and that we are not the first program on the books to be denied. So 
you know, again, I'm not saying this presumptuously, certainly with all the hope and optimism and also knowing that our program director, Dr. Bergman, along with our faculty team and our administration, they've been, you know, everyone's been working very, very hard towards this step. And we realize the importance of it. I mean, our faculty, you know, have graduated from accredited programs. So, you know, they understand they were students once and they understand the importance and the value of this. The other thing I would like to say is that CAPTI, prior to summer of 2020, the candidate for accreditation standing had a certain meaning and implication. And what it meant was that students who graduated from programs that held that candidate standing, they would not have been able to you know, take the NPTE or seek licensure. But summer of 2020, CAPTI made a change. And while it was minor, its implications, yes, are huge in that, you know, if for any crazy reason, we were not to have our full accreditation standing by spring of 2022, it does not prevent our students from being able to take the NPTE or seek licensure. And at this stage, it's not so much a denial, but a delay, as in they would come back to us and say, these are the things that need to be fixed. But that's the reason why we're having these conversations and communications with CAPTI now, so that we don't get that from them at the time. Yeah, that's that's huge. That's huge. Uh, so is it safe to say something along the lines of getting uh, that candidate status is much harder than the accreditation? Oh, I think that they're equally challenging and they're, they're challenging in their own right. I mean, you know, launching a new program, you know, certainly requires a, a certain set of criteria. I mean, you know, do we have the appropriate faculty, an appropriate number of faculty, you know, our facilities, do we have the space? Do we have the labs? Do we have the classroom spaces? Do we have the research spaces? You know, there's a number of things like, you know, they're looking at what resources do we have that's going to provide the best DPT education to our up and coming students. And, you know, so CAPTI tells us, you know, the range of students that we can enroll to maintain a quality program that meets their standards. And then of course, you know, there's a lot of other things that come forth once a program meets that standing and they're looking for, you know, reaching the next stage, which is the full accreditation. I love it. I love it. So you guys can breathe easy. You can, you can take, you can take the monkey off your back. Like, oh my gosh, yeah, what does this mean? What is all these big words, candidate accreditation? <laughs> Lena broke it down for you all the way down. So um, don't let it stop you. Kind of like what Daniel was alluding to before. Uh, if you do have questions, reach out or listen to uh, this explanation again and again, um, and um, you should be put at ease. Uh, so that was beautiful. I, I loved it. I loved it. I was in when our school, Andrews University in Michigan. I was going through their reaccreditation. Um, our class and Joseph's class, the, my, my business owner, we were the students in the room when they were interviewing us for reaccreditation. So I have a soft spot for accreditation and um, when students ask us questions. So that was great. So Daniel, Tell me a little bit about what PT school is like. If you had to describe to a pre-PT what that's like versus 
pre-PT classes and the shift. Take me down that road. Yeah, so I, I, I love this question. I thought about it a lot. I think people mostly will compare, they'll compare and contrast their like physical therapy school experience with their undergrad. Um, Cause that's the other, like, their last educational um, setting that they were in. I think for me, the biggest um, difference is undergrad. I think you're busy. You have a lot of things going on, like besides school, at least I did something like, you know, working or doing sports, you know, um, other like extracurricular activities, I guess. For the most part in PT school, I feel like PT is all you do. Like the school is all you do. So with that being said, the volume of work in PT school is a lot more like the amount of information that they are giving you that they want you to learn is a lot more when you have to learn it in a shorter amount of time. But on the flip side, you have, I feel like most people have more time on their hands compared to those in undergrad. You're, most people aren't doing sports. Most people aren't working a full-time job. You go to school, um, you study at school, you come home, you study at home, you go, you know, you go to sleep. So I feel like for me, that's the big difference. I think the time the time management um, is the biggest um, difference. I really think PT school is just, it's just a big conglomerate of information that, you, that they're spitting at you that um, you're learning and then putting, committing to memory and then regurgitating it back on, on tests, on practicals. And then I think over time, it kind of changes. You kind of get used to it. You're used to the professors. You know how they test around year two. You're like, you know, you're feeling good. And then that's when you go on clinical. So that's kind of where I'm at now. <laughs> and, and then that's when you're really excited. You get to put all that you learned, you know, you get to apply it to real life. Most schools and our schools, well, you'll get to do some patient interaction during your didactic work, but during clinical, you're full time and you're really thrown to the wolves a bit. But that, that, that's kind of like the overall gist of my experience, I feel like, uh, at PT school. Perfect. This goes right into the next question. So now that you're in PT school and you're, uh, you're a PT student, what would you say makes an attractive applicant? Now that you are on the other side and you know what it takes, you've been through it, looking back on that pre-PT world, what would you say makes an attractive applicant? I think for sure, you know, all, all the schools you'll see on PTCast, they have all the prerequisites and the things that they want you to have. So baseline, I think having all those things is obviously key. I think that's what will at least get your foot in the door. I think past that, what will really make you an attractive person to the, the professors and people interviewing is just being someone that they feel like will fit into their program or to their school. I feel like once you get the interview, like, okay, you have, you have all the prerequisites, like you have everything that you need, but then they want to see that, are you someone that can fit in with other students? Are you someone that can fit in with other uh, healthcare professionals? I don't think you necessarily need to be the most talkative person in the room or the, you know, the most outgoing. I don't know if you should necessarily be the quietest either, but I think someone that's comfortable in their own personality someone that they know that they are sure this is what they want to do 
and a person that is really that they think is going to be dedicated to the field that wants to be a leader in the field and see the progression continue continue to grow. I think that can come in a lot of different uh, shapes and sizes. I think there's a lot of different personalities in physical therapy, um, which I think is a good thing. But like I said, I think being not trying to be someone that you're not, just someone that you say, hey, I want to be, do physical therapy for these reasons, kind of like you alluded to earlier. This is my story. I'm sticking to it. I don't care if it's not like anyone else's or like everybody else's. And, you know, you can take me as, as I am. I think that's what makes an attractive applicant. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to unpack that a little bit more. I'm coming right back to you, Daniel. Then, Halima, I have the same question for you since you've, you've, seen, you've seen so many applicants. So uh, let's, let's dive deeper because I'm thinking like our audience, and they're, and they're like, fit in. What? What does that mean? How do I do it? I can just feel their anxiety. So unpack that for us. What, how did you fit in? What do you mean by fit in? Let's go into that. Yeah. So I think... I think a lot of schools, like they have, I don't know, I think, I guess the, like a vibe is the best, the best word I can describe it. Like, and part of that is unpacking the school and seeing what, like, you know, they'll have, they'll have like a list of like their morals or like their, like what they, like what they look for, what their students are like on campus. I feel like, like that's important. I think that those like schools put that there and they take that seriously. I think a lot of those things are more or less general. Like, you know, we, we, we want dedicated students or hardworking students. And I think that it's a pretty general statement, but I think some of it could be specific in a way. I feel like some of that is in a lot of us, but I feel like, you know, if you're going, if you're going to a school and you're, you see that that's what they look for, you're applying to that school, that's a school that you want to go to. I feel like expressing those specific values to them in your interview in a context of your own experiences will help you like stick out or to them fit into their to their program does that make sense you got it i i loved it i loved it so uh halima since you've been in this space and seen different uh schools and, and health professions what's what's your take on what makes an attractive applicant so you know again Dan certainly hit a, a lot of, you know, great things in terms of, okay, you know, we do have, you know, like every DPT program or, you know, every healthcare program, our minimum admissions requirements. And, you know, certainly we would like, we would like our students to not only meet the minimums, but exceed the minimums if at all possible. And in general, I think, you know, again, in, in healthcare programs, you know, like DPT, there's a lot of sciences involved, there's research, there's other things, writing, for instance, there are certain things that are involved that, okay, to be, you know, we know that these specific areas are, you know, are not necessarily easy to master uh, and, and achieve mastery. And we know that it takes hard work and dedication to do that. And so, you know, if you're coming in meeting those criteria, and we know that you've you've done some work and you're capable of doing some of that work, um, which is what we like to be able to see. And, you know, certainly I think in terms of a fit standpoint, you know, it's fit is a very interesting, and I think sometimes controversial uh, subject matter because, you know, there's absolutely such a thing as cultural fit. And, you know, we would be remiss to not 
say anything or, you know, talk about it at all, um, you know, and to ignore it. At the same time, um, you know, we have, you know, our own goals for DEI, you know, diversity, equity, and inclusion. And, you know, always, I think that, you know, sometimes having someone, you know, in terms of a fit where, okay, if this one student, you know, looks like all the other students or, you know, presents exactly like every single faculty member, then, you know, I don't know, you know, is that a good thing? Is it? So I think that there's certainly a line there. And so maybe for me, you know, my, I feel like the things that are important to emphasis are personal qualities. I mean, you know, if in your application, you know, you've, you've met some metrics, you know, you've met the minimum GPA requirement, cumulative GPA requirements, minimum prerequisite GPA requirements. You've completed your prerequisites successfully. You've completed, you know, the required observation hours. You have great references. You know, you've shared your story in your personal statement or essay. You know, you've you've shared anything else, you know, that about yourself that you know you feel like is important or good for others to know. You know, an admissions committee when you know we're reviewing and looking at you know your application for me you know i do review a significant number of applications through ptcast and also even for those who you know are deciding whether to even apply you know i talk to a great deal of students by phone email text and you know what i like to know when i'm through with a conversation or when i've you know, looked at someone's information. Did I get a sense of who this person is when I walked away? Do, you know, what do I know about them? You know, you know, are they, you know, do they seem like they're a decent person? You know, are they, are they kind, considerate, not necessarily a pushover? You know, are they well-spoken, articulate? Can they communicate? Are they relational? I mean, what is PT if it's not a people profession in the relationship area and in terms of communication you know are they too timid you know and there's that fine line too you you can't have someone who's too timid but you can't have someone who's going to railroad everybody else around them you know because we're working with people so when you're working with a patient and maybe you know they have they have a long road to recovery um, to reach their mobility goals and, you know, the work to get there is hard and it's discouraging and maybe they are, you know, upset or angry or they're going through the stages of grief or the various emotions that come with that. You know, they need a PT that is going to lovingly, you know, be, be caring, but also sometimes exhibit a little bit of that tough love, you know, holding their feet to the fire while at the same time still encouraging them, you know, so that they don't give up on their goals. But at the same time, you know, whether you're, you know, a PT working in a clinic for, you know, another PT owner or you're working with a team, you're still working with a group of people. You also have other employees around you, whether it's, you know, a business or office manager, you know, someone who's doing billing, depending on how large your clinic is, there may be, you know, HR representatives, you may have a PT, you may have PTAs, PT techs, you know, how do you treat everyone else around you? And you know, I think those personal qualities are are important. You know, are you are you curious? Are you are you eager to learn? Like, you know, yes, you may want to become a PT. What are you willing to do? You know, ethically, of course, to get there.
you know, are you willing to do what it takes? Do you have your why solidified? You know, I've, you know, in some of the best conversations I've had with students, they, you know, they'll have their own personal mission statement, you know, written, put up somewhere, even framed, you know, and they've got it on, you know, their bedroom door, or their bathroom mirror or something so that when, you know, the rubber meets the road, when things get really hard and when they wonder, am I cut out for this? Am I meant for this? You know, why am I doing this? Should I be doing this? You know, this is really hard. You know, should I throw in the towel? Then they can look at that and be reminded of their why. And it's something that helps them keep going. So I know I've said a lot there. Um, the, the other thing that I also want to share is, you know, we can't forget that this is also a doctoral program. So I feel like when we're looking at PTs, not just as PT students in our school, you know, what's the ultimate goal? We're preparing them for this profession of service and to be, you know, competent, you know, professionals and, you know, to do this with, with excellence, even knowing that once they're, once they graduate and they're on the other side, you know, that they still have a lot to learn, a lot of work to do. But, you know, going back to the doctoral part piece, I mean, yeah, we're, we're asking a lot, you know, we're asking for very well-rounded people. I mean, we're asking you to be really great at the sciences, at, you know, at least, you know, at the very least statistical math and research methods, but I mean, certainly enough math to be able to, you know, have done well in chemistry and physics. We're asking you to have, you know, really exceptional writing skills, or at least, you know, writing skills that will be developed because you'll be doing, you know, research and writing skills. You will be writing papers and, you know, you will be doing things again at the doctoral level. And then we're asking, you know, for you to have good communication and, you know, relational and relationship building skills. You know, we're looking for a professionalism. Now, you know, does everyone come into a PT program at the top of their game in all of these areas? No. I don't even know that you leave any PT program at the top of your game in all of these areas. But the idea is kind of, do you essentially have those things? And do you have a growth mindset? Can you grow you know, are we, go are, are we going to be able to tap into, you know, this potential? And are you going to be able to work your potential and, you know, move forward? Man, she just gave you guys the blueprint. I mean, just rewind this, go back, you know, start from where she starts talking with this question and start writing, start typing, because I don't know what else to tell you. I mean, if you want to go to Messiah University, you shoot. Let's go. Let's put in the work. So that was great. That was great. That was that was awesome. I have a follow-up question you. for you, Halima. Uh, then I'll go into the the, the last two questions. Uh, but you mentioned a master's in athletic training, I believe, earlier. And a lot of our audience, uh, especially on social media, are kind of in between, especially if they haven't chose a certain um, a certain avenue to go down into. And Daniel, you can chime in with this as well if you ever had that thought. Um, but uh, can you talk a little bit about how that works with that program as well? Sure. So certainly, you know, there's there's a lot of commonalities and there are a lot of differences, you know, and so it's 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 very interesting. I think, you know, again, at, on a very basic level, the athletic training degree is a master's. And the truth is that profession is seeing some, you know, changes. Our class of 2020, you know, at Messiah, they've been able to graduate with a bachelor's degree and take the board certification to become an athletic trainer. 
and you know our the upcoming class i'm sorry uh if i had my years mixed up or confused but i was just going to say that the next graduating class with their bachelors will also be able to i think graduate with their you know be able to have the athletic training but subsequently you know the profession has moved to the point where now the master's degree is the entry point so we're seeing some transition in that profession where i mean and this happens with almost all of the healthcare and allied healthcare professions i mean at one once upon a time i mean we have faculty that when they started out they only needed a bachelor's to become a physical therapist and of course they've gone on to continue their education and you know earn advanced degrees and so forth but you know just like pt once required a bachelor's athletic training once required a bachelor's but it's now requiring a masters as as its entry point and who knows if it will require you know in the future additional if it'll go to the terminal degree level so that's one of the major differences but the other thing also is that a masters program is a two year program versus a doctoral program being three so certainly it asks a lot of our prospective students but i wouldn't say that it holds the same level of intensity as the doctor physical therapy program and you know the physical therapy program is a terminal degree so that is something to keep in mind i mean in addition to you know there might be continuing education opportunities but really the pt profession can't require you to go and earn another type of degree or a higher level degree at this point it's more like specialties and like i said continuing ed where you know i think the athletic training profession is going to hang out at the masters degree for a while since you know it just bumped up their entry point for practice you know the other thing is while pts can work in all sorts of settings so can athletic trainers but they have different functions and i think that most people are familiar with you know working if you know if some of our listeners here you know are involved in sports or athletic and athletics in some way you know whether high school or college they're likely to have worked with or encountered an athletic trainer in terms of you know any sorts of injuries while practicing or on the field and you know of course the athletic trainers there to assess if they can go on and get back in the game or if they what do they need to you know heal as rapidly as possible so that they can get back up and running again and you know i think physical therapy goes into you know the longer term of you know certain types of injuries and you know the and 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 of longer and maybe more deeper level of recovery. Daniel, have you ever thought of doing athletic training versus PT? If so, if not, uh uh why not? If so, uh what was your dilemma or choice between the two and why did you go to PT? Yeah, I think Alima said it said it great. I never had I never had the thought of going to athletic training. I was never exposed too much to that uh profession like I was PT. There are several, I will say this, there are several PTs. I think there's three students in my class who were athletic trainers that are now in PT school trying to trying to do PT. Also, so we've had several different professional physical therapists who worked for professional um athletic teams, one for the New York Giants. I I've met a PT that worked for 
U.S. women's soccer team and also for uh, a professional hockey team. I say that to say all of those PTs were also had their athletic training degree. So I feel I do believe that there is a tight relationship between the two in certain settings. I think one has to really think about their goals and where they want to be. If you're someone that says, I want to be, you know, on the football field every single day, ready to run out there and, you know, do whatever an athletic trainer does, maybe be an athletic trainer, you know what I'm saying? But I hate this at the same time, physical therapists are also on in that setting as well. So again, you have to determine your, your goals, maybe see if both, if both of them line up pursuing both, but, you know, not being an athletic trainer, I, I can't really speak on their profession or what they do too much, but I will say if someone is like, you know, I want to do sports, like physical therapists are in sports. Um, so uh, th- I think that's what I, you know, kind of have to say in that, in that area, both great professions, obviously. I love it. I love it. Great, great, great answers. Great answers. Um, so Daniel, I'll start with you for this one. If you can go back and talk to the younger version of Daniel, whether, you know, he was on the PT table or when he was filling out PT cast, whichever you like to choose, uh, what would you say? What would you say um, to the younger version of Daniel who was a pre-PT? I'd probably say first, like only apply to Messiah because that's where you're going to go. So don't waste your money applying to everywhere else. <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, I think the main thing I'd probably tell myself is to really try to focus in the beginning. I think I, hopefully I give some people relief when I say this right now, I'm going to put myself on the spot. But my freshman year of college, I knew I wanted to do PT. I didn't really know what it took to be a PT. So I, you know, played sports, hang out with friends, goofed around. I did not do well at all my first, my freshman year. I got, I didn't fail classes, but I did not get the grades needed to get into PT school. So I would definitely go back and tell myself, hey, like you want to go to PT school, start early, think about it early look at some schools, see what they require, and then maybe, you know, start trying to work ahead. On this, at the same time, though, I will say to anyone listening who may be in that same spot, I promise you it's not too late. You know, it's a little extra work, but I ended up retaking probably three or four classes um, over the summer. And yeah, it kind of, I kind of up a little late, caused a little later nights than probably uh, it should have been because I had a bigger caseload when I started to get serious. But, you know, wherever you are in your application process, if you're a little discouraged because of this or the other thing, just know it's not too late. Dig deep, go back, you know, retake something if you need to, because I promise you it's worth it. But if I can go back, I would definitely tell myself, hey, let's try to focus a little bit more in the beginning. And that may cause you a little less heartache down the road. And Halima, for you, for any um, pre-PTs on the spectrum, whether they're applying now, PT students or high school students, uh, what would you say uh, to them as well? So I think if you're in high school and, you know, you have, you know, an idea that this is what you might want to do or you know, or maybe you've decided, okay, I'm, I really want to be a PT. I am all in. There is nothing there for me. You know, you can be on any end, but the beauty of being in high school is that, you know, you do have time on your side. And so, you know, the real question is how much are you willing to apply yourself? Because, 
even then, you know, if you're looking at going to a college or university that, you know, has a pre-PT focus, they're still going to be looking at your grades. You know, how did you do in biology? How did you do in chemistry? You know, or if you took physics or not, you know, how did you do in, you know, algebra or, you know, trig? You know, they're, go they're going to look at some of those things. Some colleges and universities are going test optional now, but, you know, not everyone has. And so there's still the matter of, you know, the standardized testing, your SAT scores, your ACT scores. Um, you know, how are you preparing yourself for those things? And, you know, the other beauty on, the, you know, the high school side is that there are many programs that may offer an opportunity for what, you know, we call early assurance. And so, I mean, that, you know, is a wonderful opportunity and Messiah offers that as well. And so as a high school senior, you can apply to Messiah for admission to our undergraduate program. And the truth is, is that you can really major in anything as long as you're taking all of your prerequisites through us. So if you want to double major or if you want to major in something else, you know, additionally, you know, that's, that's fine and good, you know, as long as you're you know, keeping your grades up and you're making the necessary grades. And, you know, part of making the grades is that you are learning, you know, the sciences at, that are offered at Messiah. I mean, they, they, they are challenging, you know, a B in chemistry at Messiah is not the same as a B in chemistry, maybe from another undergraduate institution. You know, we, we know that, you know, even students who might've earned a B in chemistry in our Messiah program or in say gross anatomy, we know they worked really hard to earn it. You know, that it, it was challenging to the degree that it's preparing them for, you know, the level of challenge that they, you know, will find in the graduate program. And so, you know, one of the other beauties of this early assurance is that if you're meeting some of those metrics, like, you know, the grades that you've earned on the high school level courses and on the standardized exams and you you know, apply through our undergraduate program, you get admitted, and then you also do an interview with our DPT program director and faculty, uh, along with myself. If you're offered admission, you know, this, this admission to our DPT program comes after your admissions offer to, you know, Messiah University's undergraduate program. All that's required of you is to meet the criteria and standards along the way and then you can matriculate into our program. That means no GRE scores, no PTCAS, no, you know, you've, and the seat is yours to throw away, quite honestly. You, you, are, you have a seat held for you, you know, for four years later, and you're not competing with everyone else for a seat. Like, it's yours. It's yours to, you know, if you decide you don't want to become a PT, you change your major, you know, whatnot. I mean, it's yours to, giveaway it's yours to lose if you you know don't meet the requirements but even then you know and this gives me a great segue into you know talking to maybe other um other members of our pt you know or pre-pt community that you know okay say say for instance maybe you went you did get an early assurance and you are finding out that, you know, this is really tough and it's not quite working out. You know, not all is lost. You know, we still have, you know, even undergraduate students in our program that are applying to our DPT program through PTCAS. 
you know, that, you know, okay, it didn't quite work out, you know, as far as the early assurance high school route. We also have an early assurance for our university juniors to apply. So I mean, like we have two early assurance points to offer to prospective students to our undergraduate program, to current students that are in our program. And if for some reason a student, you know, either missed it as in terms of timing or some other reason, or it was grade related, you know, there is still a shot in terms of, you know, in their senior year or even after they graduate, you know, on a post-bac level to be able to apply. And so, you know, I want to get to that point where, you know, Dan was saying it isn't too late. I will tell you, yeah, it's it's a harder road and there is some, you know, heartache and time and, you know, financial resources that are involved if, for instance, you took your prerequisite courses, you know, and you graduate with a bachelor's and if your cumulative GPA is below 3.0 on both counts, it's easier to raise your your prerequisite GPA essentially by retaking all of the prerequisites or as many as you need to, to bring your prerequisite GPA, because, you know, prerequisite GPA consists of a limited number of credit hours. So you, you know, you can start to see the improvement and the progress, you know, more, more quickly, but when you're looking at, you know, a 120 credit bachelor's degree, if your GPA you know, is below the whatever the threshold is, whether it's Messiah or another um, PT program. You know, chances are, you know, it might be important to go back and you know do a sixty credit program. You know, get it, get an associate's, a post back, um, do a master's degree. Just make sure you're hitting, you know, do, you know that you're looking at the right um, program and pathway. That, you know that you're committed to doing this. You know, I've had many conversations that I've had difficult conversations with, you know, students that are so close yet so far. And sometimes, you know, it's a difference of they just need one class. Literally one class is standing in the way between them meeting the minimum requirements and not. And you would not believe the number of students who walk away from that. And it makes me think, okay, yeah, I know you worked really hard. You've put all this time and you've spent all this money and you're one class away and you're thinking now that it's not really worth doing that one more class. You know, maybe, you know, if you really believe that, then, you know, maybe you do need to just think about, you know, what it is that you want for your future. And sometimes it is a, it is a matter where, you know, students are burnt out and they are discouraged. And they do, they truly do need to take that time. And, you know, some of them do come back around. They're like, okay, you know, I, you know, I was upset at first. I, you know, this was not news that I wanted to hear. You know, I didn't, I didn't really like what you told me I had to do um, or what you suggested that I should do. <laughs> I never tell anyone they have to do anything, <laughs> but then they'll come back and say, but you know what? I thought about it. And I realized after talking to, you know, a bunch of other PT programs that, yeah, this is the spot that I'm in. And this is, you know, what you're saying, what you've said to me now makes a lot of sense. And, you know, I've gone back and done these things. I'm ready now. How can I get started? I think, I think in most cases, it isn't too late. There are just some situations where, you know, there, there are some realities. 
And, you know, if PT is really the vocation for, you know, if you really see this as your vocation, as your end goal, as, you know, this is what I was born to do, what I meant to do, what I'm called to do, you know, this is what I want to do. Then, you know, it is important to really take stock of, okay, you know, there were circumstances, you know, there were, there could be a number of reasons why a bachelor's degree program did not work out well. Sometimes it's, you know, sometimes it is the things that involve, you know, maybe the need to mature a little bit, you know, some students, you know, maybe they've, they've partied a little more than they should or whatnot. But, you know, sometimes it's also a matter of, you know, they didn't maybe seek out the help that they needed early enough. And they didn't figure out how to have good time management and study skills until their, you know, junior, senior year. You know, they didn't figure out how to do what they needed to do. They didn't get help. They didn't get tutoring. They didn't, you know, okay, well, now that they know, you know, just keep going. There are other situations where sometimes, you know, it really is, you know, a family member is ill, you know, you've had to be a caregiver, someone's passed away, you know, you had to drop out. I mean, there's, there are so many circumstances and so many reasons and things that can impact, you know, your academic performance as an undergraduate. Um, only you know best what happened and how to take stock of your situation. And I would say, you know, to the listeners that, you know, a resource like PT, pre-PT grind is a good one, you know, because there are professionals here that are willing to help you look at your situation and help you formulate a plan, you know, to move forward if this is really the path that you want to take. You know, and of course, you know, those of us at, you know, Messiah, myself in admissions, you know, our student, our, our physical therapy student and faculty community, you know, we'll certainly do all that we can to, you know, help someone who is, you know, willing to do what they need to do. That was great. That was great. I loved it. I loved it. Uh, Daniel, any last words? And also, uh, where can people find you if they uh, want to ask you more questions or reach out? Um, no, I think uh, thanks a lot for having us on here. Like they said, like everybody said, I think um, the, the, the pre-PT grind definitely is a grind, 100%. But uh, you know, you can do it. I was just talking to someone today who was saying, you know, I just don't know if I'm smart enough or this or that. I tell people all the time, like I was never a great student ever, ever, but with like hard work and just like the people who helped me, like just asking people for help, asking professors for help constantly, always knocking on offices, being like, listen, I still don't get this explained to me for the fifth time. They are good. They will do it. They will do it. And, and, and you will succeed, I promise you. So um, no, that's, I think that's my last words. Um, thanks for having us. I really appreciate it. Find me. I'm on Instagram, Daniel Codrington. You can email me. I don't know if I can write my email down somewhere. DC1346 at messiah.edu. You can write that down, rewind it. Perfect. Well, we'll put it in the show notes. We'll put it in the show notes. And same for you, Halima. Any last words? And where can they reach out? So... Again, you know, I, I echo Dan's thoughts. Dr. Coleman, thank you so much for having us. Um, we're, we're super excited to be able to have this opportunity. You know, I hope that this really, you know, helps, you know, your listening community and, you know, those um, who are aspiring PTs. You know, we're, we're excited about our program and, you know, our, our faculty, they serve as mentors, just like Dan was saying. And so, 
you know, we would be excited to have the opportunity to get to know you a little bit, to have you, you know, apply to our program, um, to reach out. I can, my name is Halima. My email address is hkrugh at messiah.edu. And so, you know, certainly I would be, you know, glad to talk with you and, you know, we can go from there, but we are here to serve you. You know, we want to see you succeed. And, you know, I think the best piece of advice is if you think this is where you want to go, you know, talk to everyone, you know, talk to, talk to PTs, talk to, you know, your professors, you know, that is a, a really great way to um, research and find information in addition to doing the research. Perfect. Perfect. Now that you have their emails, uh, listeners, don't go emailing them these dusty, crusty, old, same questions. They gave you the blueprint. They told you what to research. They told you what to ask. So if you want to apply to Messiah, uh, that you can have the best uh, chance uh, at being a good fit for them. After you meet all the criteria and all the baselines, uh, make sure that you're a good fit for them by doing exactly what they said. <laughs> they told you how to be that good fit. Um, so thank you guys so much for taking uh, your time uh, to share your experiences and stories and, and tips on, on um, all the information we talked about. And for the listeners, uh, we will see you on the next episode. Uh, all the information is in the show notes. And take care and have a good night. What's up, guys? It's Casey, and I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Pre-PT Grind podcast. Now, this episode was sponsored by the Acceptance Navigator series, which is a free four-part Pre-PT video series where we teach you exactly how to take full control of your PT school acceptance journey, as well as how to find clarity and direction as a Pre-PT so that you can dominate your application regardless of your GPA, GRE score, or your dreaded fear of rejection. So learn how to take the driver's seat, the driver's seat of your acceptance journey and to not leave your acceptance just up to chance by shooting in the dark and hoping for the best as an applicant. Like this is the most value we've ever given away and it's free and it's free. So take full control of your pre-PT journey today by going to www.acceptancenavigator.com www.acceptancenavigator.com This episode was also brought to you by our friends at PT School Probe Com. That's ptschoolprobe.com. Now, one of the biggest fatal application mistakes that thousands of PT school applicants make each year is when applying to PT school without even like having the right match for you as an applicant. So partnering up with our friends at PT School Probe has made this problem a thing of the past. PT School Probe makes it extremely easy to like just you plug in what you want, you click this, you click that, and boom, it spits out exactly what you're looking for in the school, whether it's cost, location, clinicals, this and that. You put it in, you do, 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 and that's it. That's it. It spits out exactly what you're looking for. No more stress, no more searching, no more anxiety. Put in what you want, and bam, the right matches for you and what you're looking for pop up just like that. So to get matched and locked into your perfect DPT school program, go to ptschoolprobe.com. That's www.ptschoolprobe, like P-R-O-B-E.com, ptschoolprobe.com, and use our code PREPTGRIND in all lowercase to get a discount and let them know that your good friends at PREPTGRIND sent you on over. Like, this will save you 
hundreds, maybe thousands of dollars by making sure that you apply to the right schools. So again, ptschoolprobe.com. That's www.ptschoolprobe.com and use our code free PT grind in all lowercase. Hope you enjoyed this episode and we'll see you on the next one.